Hello and welcome back to Casting Nets Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Pastor Will Harley. I'm joined here in the southern campus of our Casting Nets publishing unit um, here with Pastor studio. Dave Rudat. It's a studio. It's a, you know, we're publishing things. We're, we're publishing, publishing video things. Out. We're not publishing yeah. paper things. We're not publishing, not yet. There's hope. <laughs> you know, I was telling my catechism kids that I should make my own catechism just because I like very simple questions, very simple answers, kind of like how Luther put the catechism together sure. and while our catechism is very uh has lots of bible passages with our kids being in public setting there should be a public school catechism that anyway. i think you're right I, and and honestly i'm i mean i'm teaching in the private but i think uh i do some public school crossover and and i there is a difference i mean yeah. not saying that there it's not saying that the christian day school is yeah. is is uh, better it's just that they have more time to look into it and, and kids yep. who are in public schools you're like okay we only have an hour and a half this week but we want to make sure it's it's simple it's understood because these are really important truths that are i agree to be carried throughout the life so anyway so here we are yeah we're southern here command southern command we are going back in time you know um with the music that you heard today that was good retro it is intro music i have a i have a couple of them that i i want to kind of play through just to, to bring us back to where we started yes. um but where you know you what started, where yeah. i started yeah. it's really you know it's it's amazing if you think back about it and you go back into the library um you know i have been doing this podcast for a long time <laughs> many years before i even came here it, it, it's it's <laughs> but it's only gotten better since it's you've joined got, I'm, I'm sorry I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going it's only gotten really long the last two years it was a real slugfest it was it fun feels that way <laughs> it was fun and then all of a sudden now it's this big slugfest that no actually i think it's gotten better um you know it's um it started out as sort of a brainchild that that I kind of thought, what would what would it be like if we could get people on to talk about things spiritual, and we could maybe kind of grow from there? Um, it, you know, it was a thing before fifteen seventeen was a thing. They just have more money to put behind it and and things. But uh, fifteen seventeen did a wonderful job of getting people together and saying, here's these different facets, and we're slowly working our way towards that. And I think. Um, you joining the show, you know, we had we had some that had to leave because of pastoral obligations, and and then you joining, and and you got some expertise in areas I don't have. So, getting into the video is really yes. I brought you in kicking <clears throat> and streaming. Yeah. Oh, geez. where's your? <laughs> <laughs> so I got a, I got that one set up just for you, <laughs> and and just so everyone knows, here's mine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I love the applause. It's great. Yeah. We, we, we're a live audience. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> live audience. <laughs> so as we, we, yeah. <laughs> we go that's about the live audience that's in your head that travels with you wherever you go. Validation, Yay! buddy. Validation. Yeah. Um, we are going to be continuing our scandalous stories today. And so we are going to be looking at um, Matthew uh, chapter 13. Um, and we're going to be diving into to that scandalous story. Um, <clears throat> before we do that, just our disclaimer. Um, 
everything we say here is just a conversation, starting the conversation between two pastors. Uh, we hope that throughout this conversation, you're going to be motivated to ask questions. You're going to be motivated to maybe give some comments. Um, and you can do that over uh, through live, through the Facebook chat. You can also do that by talking to us in person at our places of uh, callings. And so for me, it would be St. John's here in Maribel. For you, it would be uh, Manuel and Shirley. Or Christ in Denmark. Or Christ in serving Denmark. Serving as vacancy pastor. Very good. Um, and so, since this is a conversation, there are things that could be said that are just going through our head. Um, so if we offend you, we don't mean to offend you. Um, but uh, if, if it happens, please um, don't take it as it was our intent. Um, we are going to try to stay true to the scriptures, stay true to our callings, uh, but not every opinion we share will be view- shared by the greater Wells Synod, and so um, or our own because we're having own. a conversation. Yeah. So you're we're studying God's word. God's word always takes the predominant authority. So as we come in, we have an idea of what it says. Um, it we're allowing ourselves to be open to the scriptures and to the Holy Spirit working not just in us but in those around us, even those who are watching. If you have questions or comments that you make as we're studying this, uh, we welcome that because this is meant to be a conversation, a, a Bible class, online Bible class in a way that uh, is beneficial to people who are online or watching. Absolutely. And so that will lead us now into our uh, topic at hand. So uh, give us a minute as we uh, have some wonderful, relaxing tunes to fill your ears, and then we'll start our conversation. Welcome back to the conversation. We are going to be dealing today predominantly with Matthew chapter 13. We're going to be dealing with the parable of um, the sower and the seeds. And that is a parable that finds itself in the first eight verses and then picks up with its explanation um, in 18 through 23. Is there anything that you'd like to give before, uh, just as a brief introduction to that parable? Sure. I think it is kind of as you were going through this Bible study, you kind of think up to yourself, what are some things that are scandalous about this uh, parable that we're looking at today? And uh, there's, I've got at least three things that are scandalous, but maybe somebody would, if you're studying the scriptures, looking at this in context, you would say, there is no context for this parable. It just, Jesus just comes right out and say it. We don't know the setting in which he is speaking. We don't know anything else. Just Jesus starts talking about seeds and soil so that might have a little bit of a scandalous nature where there is no context uh, to this parable that we can say, well, this is in response to this or that. This is just Jesus straight up teaching, uh, teaching his disciples, teaching us, uh, giving us a picture, uh, a story for us to consider, and uh, allowing us to wrestle with um, the, some of the scandalous aspects of that story. Well, and I think some of the scandalous aspects of the story are, are really found in the idea of, of who the sower is. Um, as we get to the, to, we, we kind of dive into it and we work with who the sower is um, and we see this attitude and, and the types of things that he begins to do, we would probably say that's kind of scandalous because it almost seems wasteful. Right. And, and so maybe, maybe that's where we need to go. Uh, what we'll do is we're going to jump on in and we're going to just read through on um, the first eight verses. 
and then before we even get to the to the explanation, and then maybe talk about the scandalous nature of of what we have. Um, so as we we turn to that, um, we look at Matthew chapter 13, and if you notice, um, there is some references above. Those are some other spots where you can get um, the similar uh, parable, and so you can look at that in Mark and look at that in Luke. Um, but as we go through, here it is. That same day, Jesus left the house and was sitting by the sea. A large crowd gathered around him, so he stepped into a boat and sat down. While all the people stood on the shore, he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. Immediately the seed sprang up, because the soil was not deep. But then, when the sun rose, the seed was scorched because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, but some seed fell on good ground and produced grain, some one hundred times more, uh, some, some one hundred times, some sixty, some thirty, and sometimes uh, more than uh, was sown. So we have a bunch of, we'll go back to the top here, <clears throat> a lot of things happening. Um, Jesus is coming, gathering. He's left the house, not exactly what house. Um, he's left the, um, kind of the town is going to an area to sit, maybe to be alone, but people follow him. Um, so what do we have? Sits in a boat off the shore. And uh, the sower, I think the question that you would ask about uh, what is the sower here and as you look at the other parables in this section, we see that it is Christ. So uh, immediately some critics will say, well, this just is in reference to the ministry of Jesus, that it's only his ministry here that was somewhat effective to only a, a few. And the answer to that is no, because Christ is the word. Uh, he is the one who is sowing his word through sending people, through sending his pastors, through sending teachers staff ministers, sending people to share, share his, his word with other people. And first of all, we noticed the waste. You know, one quarter of it was actually produced a crop. Um, and you would think to yourself, why would, why would that be wasteful? And then you would look at Jesus's own ministry and you would say, yeah, every time he spoke God's word, it didn't actually bear any fruit. I mean, a lot of times people didn't listen to what he had to say. That whole part uh, that we have to wrestle with is the idea that God's word will not return to him empty, will accomplish what he intends for it to do. But we always assume that that means that God always intends for that word to um, produce faith. And sometimes that word, the purpose that God has sent in Isaiah for his word might be uh, a hardening of someone's heart. Well, and I and I think that's, you know, the beauty of, of this, and probably what makes it even more scandalous is, like you said, the the sower is going out there and he's he's being frivolous with the the seed, but one of the things that also makes it scandalous is that it's it's not the the, the whole response doesn't rest on the seed. 
The yeah. seed does what the seed's going to do. So, so no, no yeah, matter what, exactly. the seed the seed doesn't change. It's the same seed that's given on the hard ground. It's the same seed that's given in the shallow soil. It's the same seed that's growing amongst the thorns. It's the same seed that's growing. It doesn't matter um, where it lands. It's still the same seed. Now, the difference is, and what makes this maybe a, a little bit of, uh, of a scandal, is where it lands is really the point. Yeah. I, I like your point, just because you would think, well, it needs sun, it needs rain. That's what normal seeds need to do. But Jesus says that's not the point of the parable. The point of the parable is that the the, the seed, the word, has the power to produce something no matter where it is. It, the, the watering and the, the sun, uh, yes, that's true in the natural sense, but not in this parable. This parable is only focusing on what happens around that seed. Everything else is the same. Water is the same. The the sun is the same in all in all four of those soils. So that's not the point. The point is the power of the seed, and what is around that seed. Well, and the response that you have of the soil. So sure. so this is this is one of those things where where you walk that fine line of truth in the scriptures that it it is not us who produce anything, but it is God who produces. But it is it is the person who who has that awful ability to reject, right? That has the awful ability to, to say, I don't want this and to throw the work of the word away. <clears throat> and you see that with the, the hard compact run that I don't want to listen to it. That is the response of the one who is there. That is the sinful nature. Um, I don't want to hear this. The, the response of the shallow, this was great news, but there's not that great. <laughs> you know, I don't want it every part of my life. Then there's, there's the thorns where, where we're going to hear, you know, this is, yeah, it took root. Yes, it started to grow. But then there was all these things that were around it that become a part of, I have to worry about this. I have to focus on that. And, and then it only, it's that good soil that has been prepared and is ready to receive and it bears fruit. Um, and like you said, it's only a, a quarter <laughs> of what was actually thrown out. And and uh, maybe we can talk about how maybe this is the time to talk about that each one of us can be any one of those soils like it it's not it's not intended like you know you get to be the good soil and you're always the good soil because there are plenty of times if i look at my own life and i see my handling of the word of god there are times when the word of god just bounces right off of me and it doesn't bear anything or i or i get really excited about it and then something uh terrible happens that that I get immediately discouraged, you know, maybe for pastors, uh, you get really excited about God's word and you're like, Oh man, just wait till all these people listen to this. And then you, you get done with the sermon on Sunday and especially early on in your ministry, you're like, you get done. You're like, Oh, this should change the world. This should change their whole worldview of the whole week. And, and it, it doesn't have that kind of fruit fruit at that moment maybe some some people will just completely it will completely bounce off of them and some people who you don't even expect will say oh I, you know that, that that sermon was written just for me and and in the quietness of your own thoughts you're saying well actually i was thinking somebody else and it, it really did it right. right so all those things were uh the so we could always be this kind of we could always be the hard soil and we could always be the thorny soil and we can always be the rocky soil um we pray that we would be the good soil but uh, the, the realization that the sower is still sowing, I think that's in one of our hymns, the sower sows, his heart cries out, or what of that, or what of that. So the beautiful nature of God's grace of always uh, sowing that seed, always giving us another opportunity to hear God's word. 
Well, and I and I think there's there's something to be said that the seed that's sown isn't always. I, I think we we get this idea that the seed that is sown is always the gospel, that this is always. Jesus has lived for you. Jesus has died for you. Jesus has risen for you. And and I'm not saying it's not encapsulated in that, but it's not just that. Because if you look at this, the, the fact of a seed, a seed must die, right, for the plant to grow. Um, and and so, so what do you have there? You have law and gospel being sown, right, is part of this. Um, and sometimes, even in my own heart, the word goes out, the law goes out, and it has it, it does not it does not pierce through my thick skin. It doesn't pierce through my stone cold heart. Um, Either because, the law or the gospel, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, the gospel doesn't pierce through the 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 rock of my heart. That's the the law that that dashes it and mm-hmm. and, and applies the hammer that shatters. Um, the the gospel rebuilds from what was dead and 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 what needs to be rebuilt. And so <clears throat> you have. The law that works, you know, it's driving through these things. Um, that's what its law. That's what the purpose of the law is to drive through these things and then produce where life, where things couldn't grow before. Um, but that there's a hope and a comfort here in a scandalous nature that for every Christian who says it's not worth it, did did God say that as the sower? Did Jesus say it wasn't worth it? Did He say I'm just going to search out and find that perfect soil and I'm only going to plant these seeds in that perfect soil? No, he says, I'm, I'm going to do this work, worth it or not. I mean, he knew, the sower knows, nothing's going to grow on the packed soil. It, it, it's, it's, gonna, it's just going to be food for the birds. But he doesn't care because that's not the point. The point isn't, the point isn't oh, I'm only going to plant this where I know it's going to grow. The point is, I am going to scatter and let it grow and let whatever is going to happen, happen. And I'm going to leave that to someone else. And in our case, that would be the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is, is that if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying the Word of God, both law and gospel, working on somebody's heart, can have all four of those effects. So the law yeah. can bounce right off the when God gives us uh, the new person inside of us, and God says, "Be self-disciplined." We can be all excited about. I'm going to be self-disciplined now. I'm going to make the right decisions. I'm not going to let my emotions or my uh, desires um, sway me. But then something comes up and it chokes it out. Or, yeah. or you're, you're, you come with this realization of God should be first in my life. And so that also means in my giving, when I give to the Lord, I'm going to give first. And then all of a sudden the car breaks down and you got to buy a new car in our society and economy now. And then now that's, a, that's a, a, um, the, the, thorny, the thorny soil. So, yeah. so uh, law but- and gospel, I, I, like that, I like that approach because I really feel that that's in here because it's not just about Jesus it's about Jesus and the the totality of what God is, does to us in his word making a new person inside of us that is going to live for him and live for others uh, needs guidance from the law but also gives gets power from the gospel that works they work together absolutely and they but, can be rejected together or they can be rejected parts of it and well. and I think I think some of this also comes in 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 this <clears throat> for you know, this is going out hopefully and will be used hopefully by uh, many people in all of our congregations. But but this is this is something important for every congregation to know because I would love to be able to provide every congregation that I've ever served and even those I have not served the silver bullet of do this and your church will grow. Do this and you are <clears throat> you're going to be the one who bears a hundredfold. You're going to bear sixtyfold, thirtyfold, whatever. I would love to be able to give that silver bullet. 
Um, but we're not given the silver bullet. We're given the seeds. <laughs> That's, so it, it, it seems it seems silly because you look at that and you'll say, but I didn't want seeds. <laughs> I, wanted the bullet. I, I wanted the bullet. I want to get this job done and I want to do it. I want to do it as effective and as efficient as possible. Um, and we are not given anything. We're giving something that is effective, but we're not giving something that is maybe efficient. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, to to the congregations, my my own congregation included, that means you're going to have to throw the seed out there. And so, does that mean, like, um, you know, you plan an event and and you're like, I, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a success. It may be a success, and then it turns out, and it's not. And and you had, you know, you planned for 60, 70, 80 people and you got 10 or you got 20 um, and you, you went through and you, you did the work of the church, but you did it in a lackluster way because you're like, this is useless. Why is this? It's not working for me. Fact of the matter is it wasn't useless. It, you just may have cast on harder ground or you may be cast on ground that was a little bit more shallow or. Um, or you cast on very, those 10 people who showed up were very fertile ground, and they are going to reap a harvest that you had absolutely no idea. I, I like what you're saying because so oftentimes we put the cart before the horse. We say, well, this isn't going to work, so therefore we shouldn't do it. Like we, we adopt the mentality of the harvest or the, and the harvester where that, that looks and sees three-quarters of the seed was wasted and only one quarter, and we, look, we take that attitude first where we should really have the sower's attitude uh, and share the word of God and, and, and do it and throw it out and see what happens, see, see what sticks. And then at the end, and you can analyze, okay, was this a good use of our, our time and our, and our, in our ministry? Um, we so oftentimes get those things mixed up. And, and at the end, sometimes when you try an effort that you want, we've, we've talked before about, you know, vacation Bible school or, um, uh, Christmas programs and things like that, where you go, I'm not sure if this is beneficial or if this works or if, th- if this is really serving the purpose or uh, as in which we intended it. And you, at the end of it, when you're trying to analyze it, you become the sower again and you say, well, we got to keep driving. We got, you know, it's like, well, maybe we should have the attitude of the ar- harvester at the end and consider, is this a good use of our resources that we have? The sower has unlimited resources. Christ has a word unlimited. He always is, uh, willing to to share God's word, but as He gives us what He has given us, uh, we have to manage that and determine: okay, is this working or is this not working? Well, and and this is where I guess I, I push back just a little bit because I, I think our our congregations get it in our heads, and and people get it in our heads. One, we get it in heads that I'm I'm not the sower. So I don't have the gifts to do that. So we just won't. Yeah. Number two, uh, we get it in our heads as a congregation where, where we want to be frugal with God's gifts and God's talents, and we don't want to overspend and over overlean. And that's true. And and there's a part that is that is right about that. But but the job of the church is to is to not just facilitate um, a program. The job of the church isn't to say, okay, well, we have an evangelism program now, and so we only do evangelism when we have that program. Yeah, whenever those committee members are working. Right. So I I push back just a little bit because, dear Christian friend, you have friends. 
Yeah. You are living in a community. You are you you see people. You interact with people. And and what we have here in this parable is not come to the church, come to the field, come to the the place where we want to do the harvest and then wait to plant the seed. That we have is we have we have a sower who says it doesn't matter where I am because I can talk with anyone and I can cast seed anywhere. And, and so I'm going to do this work. And so maybe the mindset of our people needs to change and say, this is, this is free. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have to pay or, uh, or have an expense to, to be share. in someone's life and to share this. And, and sometimes that means you have to, I think the hardest part about it is, is you have to invest in their life. Yeah. And, and and be there for the hard moments when they're rejecting and be there for the moments when the thorns are growing and be there for the moments when they're really excited and, and, and yet they're not very deep and be there for when the harvest comes. And, and you have to be there for all of those moments and share and walk with them in those moments. And you maybe invested a lot of time with one person and your greatest investment wasn't something you had to pay out in dollars, but you had to pay out in, in emotion. And you had to pay out in sympathy and you had to pay out in in um, just being a friend <laughs> and being willing with that friendship yeah. to say the most important thing I have to share with you in this friendship is Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's really hard for congregations, especially, con- and, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but, but congregations that are established, that's hard. That, 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 that becomes a hard thing. When we have the committees and yeah. things like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. When the mission of the church becomes something that somebody else does rather than what the church collectively does. Absolutely. Um, working with congregations in, uh, in our circuit, as circuit pastor, that's one of those conversations where that I'm sure their previous pastor had all of these conversations with them before, so it's not anything new. But just that the hope of use God's word in this, in this area, don't be the harvester, be the sower. Let the harvest, you know, share God's word. Don't look at it and say, well, it's too late now. It's, it's, uh, people don't go to church anymore. Uh, it's the 22nd century. We are no longer a Christian nation. And those, all of those things may be true, but that doesn't change the fact that God's word is also still a seed. It hasn't changed. It hasn't yeah. changed into something else. It's still a seed. People's hearts were still hard before. They were hard when Jesus was speaking those words. So yeah. let why why do we why do we hide behind or or use our uh, cowardice and and we hide behind the harvester and say, well, it, it's not going to produce any fruit. So I don't want to share God's word. Let's be the sower. Let's share God's word. Yeah, maybe it won't always have the effect, and so that we won't let that discourage us. It it won't let us. Uh, from being um, frivolous with what we've been, uh, uh, I'm sorry, we we won't let it use it to say, well, we're we're never going to change, we're never going to adapt. We can change and adapt to try to find the soil that we, the seed will will produce fruit. But we always have that attitude. We always return to the attitude of the sower. Let's see. Let's figure out somewhere other way that yeah. we can spread the seed. Well, and and here's the other part of it. And 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 again, just broadening out the scope. You know, we are dealing with the sower and the seed, so we're we're really the, the parable limits us to talking about the word going out and, and how are we, we're, we're sharing the word. We don't, we don't care where it lands. We're just doing the work, law, gospel, preaching, law, gospel, ministry. But the, 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 the other side of this conversation is, you know, we're always looking for the harvest, which is true, but no one wants to step up to be the harvester <laughs> because, because the harvester right. is usually the same person who sowed. Yeah, we had that parable the last time, the uh, the parable that we had before of the weeds. So you don't pull up the wheat with the weeds. So 
I, I when I say harvester, I just mean the end result, looking at the result of the seed. Oh, growing I agree. Up. Not not that it's our job as the church to figure out whether the good, where the good seed is. So thank you for the clarification. So I'm just talking about yeah. the, the vantage point of someone who looks and sees what happened to the seed, not that we harvest the seed. Okay, so thank you. Yeah, um, well, let's, uh, you know, we've, we've talked around it and we've, we've kind of brought it up, um, but let's turn to the actual verses that explain to us what the parable is all about. Um, so the, the, the disciples, they, they kind of ask, why are you teaching in parables? What's going on here? And and the Lord gives us a, kind of a breakdown of the parable itself. He says, so listen carefully to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes, there we go, and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. The seed that was sown on rocky ground is the person who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he is not deeply rooted and does not endure. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed that was sown among the thorns is the one who hears the word, but the worry of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it produces no fruit. But the seed that was sown on the ground, good ground, is the one who continues to hear and understand the word. Indeed, he continues to produce fruit. Some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times more than was sown. Um, and I would just, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scroll back up here to um, verse eight, nineteen, and I want to highlight something that that maybe we gloss over. Um, but it's, I think it's something very, very important for our, our listeners as you're following along that you hear and that you, you kind of zero in on. Notice what Jesus says. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away. Now notice what he says. What has been sown? He doesn't say it snatches away what's laying on the surface. He doesn't say he comes and snatches. He 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 blocks the ears. No, it's been sown. It it the word has done its work. It's just it's not allowed to grow, and and I think that that we need to we need to because sometimes we're like it it doesn't work. We don't even do it. It won't work. It's not it's not it's not good enough. Um, don't even try because you're you're gonna be you're gonna be throwing you know uh, pearls r- before swine. Yeah. But but what does the Lord say? No, it's been sown. It has been sown. So it just was taken away, and and so I think that that's an important feature of of the beginning of that part. Uh, what else do we have that well, we want to comment? Let's talk about the rocky soil. We haven't we've talked about the hard yeah. soil quite a bit. Let's talk about the, it. The the rocky soil, the one who receives it with joy, and um and what again. I think it's following on what you said, where God's word produces what it produces by the work of the Holy Spirit working through the word. And now here we are in the rocky soil where someone who receives it with great joy, which means that it's produced, the, it's not the fault of the the enthusiasm. So no no member can say, <laughs> you're too excited about this. Now you're, you're, you're rocky soil. So, oh, you, you'll learn, you'll <laughs> learn, you'll learn. Don't be so excited. You'll, you'll learn that this isn't the way the world works. You'll, it's not like, it's not how we should view one another. When somebody is excited about something in your midst, 
Uh, let's let's follow what Paul says in First Corinthians twelve about when one part of the body rejoices, we all rejoice with it. That we are all uh, together, this body of Christ. If somebody has energy and enthusiasm for something, uh, let's sit there and support it instead of sit sit back and take pot shots, take take pot shots at them um, as they're trying to do God's work. So so here's a question that maybe maybe we can't even answer, but but it just sort of came up. Um, and, and it deals a little bit with the rocky soil, and it deals also with the, the, the ones that's thrown before the thorns and can't bear fruit. How, how long does one remain in that? I know we talked about, you know, at different times in our life, we are at different stages maybe, or, or maybe within the same week, we go through all, all of these. Um, but I wonder if you're going to take a, a zoom out of the church and say, you know, how often does the church itself, maybe not the individuals in it, but maybe this church, this congregation, this is, this is a rocky, this is a rocky soil that, that the church itself, where it is in this location is the rocky soil. And when things get tough, the church begins to fold, right? Um, not saying the, the person or the, the specific person, but I, I think sometimes we can maybe apply these lessons to the, the greater Christendom. And and we both know, you know, dealing with at different times in our ministry, having to deal with congregations that that all of a sudden they they get a little persecution, they get a little pushback, they get a little trouble. That's that's like the thorns, right? And they circle the wagons, and and it's like okay, it's not producing fruit. We're not growing. We're, our 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 roots aren't getting deep. Um, what's what's going on here? And changing the changing the momentum of the body of Christ in that area is, is very, very tough and, and is very hard to do um, to change from that soil to, to something else. Yeah. You you took that in a different direction. I thought you were taking it too. So that's, that's good. Um, I was, thought where you did were, you think I was going to take it? I thought you were going to talk about, you know, just the idea of the foundation of God's word where uh, the soil, uh, when we are sometimes excited about something, but then we aren't, uh, basing it off we aren't pursuing more of god's word like we we have this one truth that we've gotten that we we figured this part out but we're not going to uh do the rest confirmations example kids come out eighth grade they come out they know the basics of god's word they're excited about it but then they don't they don't put a um more of a foundation under it that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. I, you know, I understand that, and and I agree with it. The only thing that I would I would say is, you know, like any tree or any plant, given enough time, it'll work its way through the soil. It'll work its way through a rock. It'll go yeah. right through it. Um, and and God's word is the same. I, I guess I look at that and say, you know, many of us, when troubles and persecution comes, we're not strong. Um, and it's amazing how many of us, you know, and and you can bear fruit even growing in a rock. Um, if all the, all of the, all, if all of the, the, the parameters of what's coming around are the, are the same, you know, you have enough sun, you have enough rain. The, the, the case goes on and on and on. You could, you can grow a crop in a rock. Um, we do it all the time. They're called bonsai trees. <laughs> yeah. We, we starve them of soil, right? We don't dare bury them so super deep. We cut off and keep them small and they bear huge amounts of, of fruit. Uh, you can get bonsai oranges that are just beautiful, beautiful plants. Um, or you get those old trees that, that are growing out of the side of the rock and you're like, they're spindly, but they're strong. Um, and I think there's something to be said about that. I think the problem comes when, when, when hardship is applied 
And so, so I think there's, there's something to be said, you know, if, if you're in a congregation or if you're a person and you're like, well, I don't think I'm a rock. Well, maybe you haven't had the application of persecution. You haven't, and, and, and I would say we don't in the United States. Um, we don't have the application of persecution, at least nothing like, like what was before. Um, I mean, the case of, of in, even in the Reformation when, when Luther passed away, um, how many um, Lutherans went back to the Catholic Church or because of fear or they, you know, they, they, however the case may be, they turned back to, to giving some of that up. And you know, they had other Lutherans that said, I don't know if we should accept them back into the fold because you know, they gave up. They, they lost their faith. They went back on it. They were persecuted. A little bit of persecution was applied to them and they withered. And, and so I, I think there's, there's something to be said there that, that maybe we haven't felt what would highlight us as a rock or, or seed on rocky soil yet. Yeah, deeply rooted is important. Um, and so when people are sharing God's word, when they're as a church are or organizing and things seem to be going well, don't think that you can just rest on your laurels, like rest when like somebody gets done with confirmation or a young pastor yeah. getting out in the ministry says, well, I had all this information. I had all of these good things that happened to me. I, I preached. A I went ser- to class for that. I went to class for like seven years. Yeah. I'm filled up with knowledge. and I am God's gift to the time, church. Every time I preach a sermon, some old lady comes up to me and says that was the best sermon that they have ever heard. And then, <laughs> yeah, there you go, validation. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so now I'm ready to go. And then you get, you get to your first congregation, and man, it is tough. And it, it's really slow going, and uh, and you. Realize, I never had that experience. Uh, and so, <laughs> <laughs> you never do have that experience when you have that sound going in your head wherever you go. Um, <laughs> but just that idea of you got to be rooted in God's word. Like a, this uh, devotional life is always important. Doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a pastor or not, yeah. uh, to be rooted because the all of the excitement and joy that you have that comes from God's word, which is part of the seed. That's the, that's the joy of the the seed had that power to create that joy um, needs to have more needs to have more of God's word. You can never stop growing in God's word. I just had a sermon on that. I used uh, Titus uh, chapter two, where he t- Paul is he's talking to Titus. This was for Christian Education Sunday. Um, he was talking to Titus. He's saying, "Teach the older men this, and teach the young, the older women that." And here and while. And the idea is that teach them sound doctrine because this will help them in their self-control and da-da-da-da-da, right. uh, help them to be temperate and, well, not, to, and not to be like Walter Matthau from Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> so stuff like that. So it's the, uh, the God's word is always needed in our life because we need that rooted and that foundation. Otherwise, the, the problems of this world, the sufferings of this world, it's going to choke it out. Well, and I think it's just the, the general rule of thumb is, and this is about everything, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, yeah. I'm the, nothing. Nothing stays consistent, um, and and I mean, even in growing, you mean as in growing in God's word, not growing in numbers. In anything, in, in, in especially in numbers, I would say, um, because you can have some. And and I have seen some of the most faithful churches that are very very small, um, and and you could say, well, where is your, where are the numbers to prove that you are strong? Well, they don't have it, but. You know, they have people in Bible study. They have people who are, are are reaching out into the community. They're doing things. They're sharing Jesus. They're living their faith. They're bearing this fruit. Um, and it might not have a visual 
Right. Like they, they, they might, and I, I think that's that's one of those things that make the ministry a, a, such a hard sell for people. Um, especially being a pastor makes you know, you know, on our pamphlets when we we try to get people to enlist to, to go to school to be a pastor. You know, one of the things we we put on there is um, very few thank yous and and very few. Uh, um, I didn't get that pamphlet. measurements of success. <laughs> Well, that's because you're so successful. They they said, "This is Pastor no, Rudat. He is." Uh, I grew up with a pastor. Awesome. My my <laughs> father was a pastor, so I knew exactly what I was getting into. Now, see, I never was a pastor. I didn't have any pastors in my family, and so when I was given the brochure, they said, "If you if you love abuse and um, <laughs> if you if you love your brothers, always criticizing everything you do, and <laughs> uh, this is the job for you." And I'm like, "That sounds like me." <laughs> I'm a glutton that's, for punishment. That's great. Um, and so. But but it's it's a hard sell because growth is seen and measured in so many different ways in the ministry, um, you know, uh, and the, in the congregation as well. So the yeah. idea is to be in in God's word. Yeah. Um, so the one person that you reached out to and you threw the seed on and you thought that wasn't it, but then they show up to church every month, yeah. or they're showing up to church every week, which they weren't before. That's that's success. Um, or the person that 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 you're like, you know, Bible study would really benefit them, and and you invite them, and they come maybe even for one day, for for one one Sunday, uh, they come to Bible study or whenever you have it. That's success. Um, or or the, this is you know, a, a couple comes in and they are having marital problems, and you sit down and you you cast before them law and gospel, and and you don't hear from them again, but they don't get divorced. That's success, right? Um, you might not, they might not come and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you did, but there's, there's, there's success to that. There's success to, to when you see that couple come up together and receive the sacrament and you're like, God's still working. You know, we, we just, both of us just want to get to the good soil and talk about the good soil, we but do. we have another soil that we haven't talked about yet. Blah, and that is <laughs> <laughs> Boring. <laughs> It's the thorny soil. Man, you're just choking me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, so you got this thorny soil, and and um, the thorny soil is just um, the world getting in the way. The worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth. I like yeah. both of those concepts because they're different. Because the worries of the world isn't necessarily about wealth. Uh, the wor- worries of the world is just what does it mean to live in this world? And uh, as you hear God's word, as you hear both law and gospel, you have you, it's a different worldview than what the world is presenting. And so and the world is presenting you a different, like this is how you should treat other people, the world says. And you say, well, if, I'm, if I am a Christian, that means I have to be kind or forgiving or uh, uh, loving, loving meaning what's best for somebody else. And the world is always inwards focused. Do it what's what's good for you. Whatever feels good to you. What feels right. Your truth. You should follow. And God's word says something completely different. So as you uh, understand this worldview that's presented to you in God's word, then you have to wrestle with what the world is also giving and the worries of how am I going to be accepted if I actually am actually kind to somebody else um, if I. Um, I'm actually I'm parenting my children and saying and setting limits on their life because uh, God's word is important and to be home is important so that we can have home devotions. That's important. How is that going to go in the world that we're living in? Well, and I think it even goes 
to how you said there's a difference between what the world wants, but also the deceitfulness of, of wealth, because we have convinced ourselves that wealth is the, the parameter. Mm-hmm. Money is the parameter of what is right. Mm-hmm. Money is the parameter of, of what success is. And, and God's favor. And yeah, yeah. And that's nothing new, right? Yeah, people right. who were well off, people who had everything seeming going right for them, they they must be blessed by God. Um, and we, we have that today. But but one of the things that we fail to realize is what did they have to give up to get it? And and that's the deceit of wealth. Um, you know, I, I one of the things my, my wife and I, we have conversations every now and she says, why can't we just be rich? And and I said I said name name one rich person who's happy. <laughs> we're not happy. <laughs> and she's like, well, we're poor and we're not happy. I'm like, no, I'm happy. I just I don't like to show it. No, um, but it but it's but it's but if you think uh, yeah, about I'm it, there, the, you know the 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 people who have a lot of money. You know, I we watch uh, Shark Tank a lot. Yeah, show and and you have these really wealthy. They're divorced. Their their kids are having issues. They are having issues. Um, but they got a lot of money, right? Um, but that's the deceit. What did you give up to get there? Yeah, and it's not its not an either or. It's not that you're rich and all rich people are not happy and all poor people are always happy. I think uh, each, each area and each situation in life has its own temptations, but I think it's the deceitfulness of it. Like if, and the deceitfulness is, is the promise, the promise of, well, if you have your path to happiness is by giving up the word or your path to success is by giving up the word that's right. that's the problem it doesn't matter whether you're you're wealthy or whether you've got a very little is the it's a first commandment issue uh, oh everything's what, the first gonna, commandment what's gonna, what's gonna lead you to a greater sure uh the higher ground so to speak in and god in his word says it's the word and the world and and wealth says no it's us well, and the world says that too, and and the world will look at you and say, you know, the greatest thing that you can ever do is follow us, and the greatest thing you can ever do is is push what we want to push, and and the greatest thing that you can ever do is is take that spot inside of you that is a worshiper because all of us have it. We worship something, worship this, and and then implore to, and, and sort of in, import whatever today's yeah. flavor is, um, and that is that chokes out the truth because let's be honest the. the God plays a long game, and, and and this is one of the things that that is just it amazes me and it scares me and and it 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 allows me to understand this is why Christianity is 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 such a difficult thing, and that's because God plays the long game. Mm-hmm. Um, God God you know sometimes gives immediate joys and happinesses um, in life, but for by and large the majority of it it is a struggle and a slugfest. <laughs> um, we get the promise. There's a joy for you. There's a reward for you. There is something greater and something better to come. Um, and you get glimpses of it in in Hey, here's the sacrament. Here's a glimpse of it. I'm gonna pull back heaven and say all your sins are gone. But I'm a sinner still. Yep, I know, but they're gone. Um, and then you get glimpses of it in in the waters of baptism. You bring that child, and they scream, and you're like, What is going on? And they're like, Oh, it's just water. No, they're dying. <laughs> <laughs> and the kid knows it, <laughs> and and that sinful part of him is is I mean, as Luther would say, cast not the demon, <laughs> and and so, he, but he plays the long game because that child and baptism 
although in faith and now a child of God is going to be struggling every single day and the measure of success is going to be hard and there are going to be thorns and there are going to be times when he's rocky and times when he's, and there's going to be those things. And, and for the, the pastor who is rearing and ready to go and gets out into the ministry and, and the first sermon he preaches, it falls completely flat. And the first Bible study he preaches, people are like, eh, you know, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it wasn't very good. <laughs> and then and then you get into the ministry more and they're like, yeah, every now and then you have a hit and miss. And and you realize it's not me. This is the long game that that uh, um, the Lord is giving to us. And, and even in the congregation, when some of the congregations, 150 years, 200 years, 75 years, it doesn't matter, are now hitting the point where you're like, we don't have a ministry here anymore. Well, that's maybe not necessarily 100% true, but it's also the long game. God's moved this ministry somewhere else, or God has said that seed has been cast in this area, and now it's growing, and how are we going to do that? Um, and so we are very too, too limited in our scope. Um, I need things now. I need the results now. I need my, my fill now. And uh, the Lord says, mm, no. Yeah, God's pretty creative. He's going to find the soil where he can. And God's people need to realize to not fall in love with where the so the seed has been thrown. They not fall in love with the church that they are worshiping at or in the area. Uh, God's word, will, it, what's important is that people hear about Jesus. And so if people aren't hearing about Jesus in their area, well, then then you either you've got to go out I and mean, that's a call for you to go out or some, somebody's got to come in and, and share Jesus in the, in the area. And yeah. uh, that's a hard truth because we want our things. We want the, um, the trappings of the world. We want, maybe we want this building or we want that building. I think of uh, the struggle, what I had with Greenleaf. I, I say struggle, but just that, that conversation that it's we had. It's a labor of love. It's a labor of love. Yeah. Where yeah. It, it, it was, uh, it was a long time of, of conversations of, of reminding God's people that God is still casting the seed. The word is still here. The gospel has not left the area. But if we go this course, then uh, your brothers and sisters can have, you can have a church building and look at how many people will be sharing the gospel because that area, that they're going to have a school and a church in a location right across from the public school. So it's going to be a high visible, visible area. So there's going to be, there's, there's, uh, something good. Yes, we mourn at what's happened in the past, and we say, but not necessarily mourn. We say, look at what God has accomplished here in the past, and yeah. that's a good thing. But now we've moved on, and the, the sower is still sowing. So let's keep let's keep at it. And when and when you think about this in the way of of and and the Lord puts us in the realm of farming, right? Um, there comes a time when when the soil in that certain area needs to to rest. And and so you plant somewhere else for a time, and then you come back. I don't we, know if that's we, in the text. We, we but don't that's have that in the in Bible, it, it, we, right? But I'm saying that that there this is this is the there comes a time when the soil that was once fertile might now be rock, rock, and and so it it, it one area that once was rock is now fertile. Yeah, exactly. It's always in fluid. Yeah, it, and you don't know sometimes, and I think this is where the text goes. Is, it's not your job to know what it, the soil is. It's your job to sow what God has given you to sow. And, and, and then it proves out over time. That's the long game. Yeah. It proves out over time what soil we were dealing with. Um, and, and not to take that personally. 
and, and, and we do take them personally. Sometimes we take the good and say, look at what I did. You didn't. And we look at the bad and we say, oh, man, I really messed up on that one. I'm never going to do this again. But that's not the point. The point is you you weren't the one in control through any of it. Mm-hmm. You were given the tools to use. And God is the one is the one in control. And it's going to work the way he wants it to work. And sometimes, because now we're there. Now we're there. Now we can talk about the good soil. Sometimes. Finally. finally. It produces an awesome crop. And we're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Because there is a, an important detail about this crop that is often overlooked. And that is the fact that uh, it doesn't all produce the same amount. So some 100, some 60, some 30 times. Not always the same. Isn't that interesting? Because you would expect maybe that's a temptation for us to say, well, we have to determine what the fruits of faith are. Sure. Or we have to determine that a healthy church is going to do this and have this behavior. Like that God's word has not worked until it has produced what I think it should produce. Or as much as I think it should produce. Right. I do a sermon on... Everyone should come to Bible class, and the only, the only acceptable response to that is for everyone to go into Bible class. That like that that's it. Instead of maybe one. But really, more. we should measure success in thirty percent, sixty percent, one hundred percent. Wouldn't that be textual? <laughs> no, but I, I get what you're saying, and 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 you're right. You know, we we have to we have to start taking a step back and saying that it's my my level of success my thought of success is not what god's thought of success is um when you look at um I, i've used this example before in my preaching but um when you you're looking at uh, people to bear fruit i have, i've often go back and i remember the peach tree that i planted when i was in winter and i planted the peach tree and it says you got to wait two years before it starts bearing fruit and it got to be two years and it still didn't bear fruit so i waited and it got to be the third year and I was out mowing the lawn around the peach tree and I ran in because I noticed something and I ran into the house and I said, Jen, Jen, you got to come out. You got to look at this peach tree. I said, we got fruit. And she's like, oh, really? This is great. So we get out there and right against, you know, further down one of the branches, right near the, the trunk of the tree, there was this ugly, ugly, shriveled up peach, but it was, it was almost dead. And I was super excited. My wife's like, why are you so, and I said, it's bearing fruit. And the year after that, it bare, it, it, it had wonderful fruit. We had um, the same realization when our chickens laid their first eggs. We're like, oh, look at these cool eggs. And they're like really small, these little <laughs> but, <laughs> pellets but, things. And, but it isn't yeah. it the truth that, yeah. that our measure of what we think we should get and what we actually get sometimes are, are vastly different things. And it's okay. You know, the, like you said, the one person who comes that wasn't coming before or the one family. Or maybe they're in meditations now. Yeah. Or maybe they're they're doing something where they go, you know, I should be in God's word more. Maybe they're reading it out of an app. And maybe it, they just can't bring themselves to come to Bible class, yep. but they can do other things. Yep. And that's what it leads them to do. Yeah. Or, or they're like, I can't sit in a live Bible study um, at church because I'm afraid the pastor is going to ask me a question or I'm going to look silly. But they jump on and and they are one of the hearers who you know just listen to it in a podcast or whatever the case may be. Yep. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Listen to this <laughs> <as a> podcast. <laughs> but it, yeah, there's it not fruit. one. Yeah, there's not one that's greater than the other. I think it's just being in God's word is what's important. And I think for yeah. for um, and let's just take a moment to realize that the consistent nature of 
if you are not just planting the seed, but also giving it a firm foundation, then this that's the good soil. So here we go. Here's my plug for Christian education, where it it not necessarily that I'm saying that schools are better. I'm just saying in the home, fathers and moms sharing God's word with their kids on a consistent basis. I think there are so many times when I am going like we did this devotion yesterday and none of my kids said anything and they didn't respond. Should I do it again? You know, this is this worth it going and do it again? And you keep you keep at it. And um, in our case, there's I don't know if it's a 90, 60 or 30 fruit, but my kids, you they just get conditioned that we have to add devotion now. Dad, are you going to do devotion? And one of my, my daughter does that. We do devotion before they go off to school, so they can't leave and go and see their friends until we do devotion. So I'm, so whether they're saying, Dad, can you do devotion so that they go see their friends, irregardless of the fact that they want to do the devotion, they're not saying, well, let's skip this today. So just the idea of uh, and the encouragement for our listeners to be consistent in sharing God's word with their families and sharing God's word with their spouse and sharing God's word uh, in with their friends or, or coming to church, that this is a, that steady diet is going to produce something because that's, it's the word and that's what the word does. It's planted in soil. That's good. That's a, has a firm foundation. It will produce a crop. And that is our show for today. Go in peace, live in Christ, grow deep.